How was everyone's week? Who all went to the burn? Who did the 24-hour burn? Man, that was fire. I, I actually, I, I felt his presence just drop on me there in just totally refreshing way. I'm not saying I haven't felt his presence before the burn. I'm just saying, like, I got distracted with life, and there was something about pressing in collectively and going after more, and I just felt his presence, and it hasn't lifted off. It hasn't. Sarah and I, we drove to Santa Fe on Thursday, and there was this huge snowstorm. Sarah's, like, stressed the whole, she's like, ah, blah, she's like, <laughs> she's, she's not a very fun driver when it's snowing. Or, but she looks at me, and she goes, are you in the spirit right now? Because I'm just there cruising and laughing, and, and so his, his presence has not left me, and, and that's what it's all about, yeah? Um, some interesting an interesting, like, uh, continuation of the testimony of stage three cancer being healed. We, we went to an oncologist. Sarah went to an oncologist. I went with her um, that same Thursday. And so that was the promise, right? So the make a long story short, for those that don't know, my wife was, um, had this knife cone biopsy. They found cancer. She was diagnosed stage three cancer. She, they, they ordered uh, immediate hysterectomy. The morning of the hysterectomy, God spoke to me and said, don't worry, I already healed your wife. When the doctors are confusing because they can't find cancer, I want you to tell them that Jesus healed your wife. That's like in a nutshell. It happened just like that. <laughs> the doctors are confused. I told them all about Jesus. Um, they, they chalked it up and said, we'll figure it out in the, in the biopsy. So they biopsied everything the biopsy comes back 100% clean, okay? So, yes, praise God. We get, I share it like every single time. But, but it's kind of funny because it's something that we have to remember. So Thursday, we go to the oncologist like we promised because her doctor wanted her to go see an oncologist because he doesn't know what happened to the cancer. <laughs> so we go, and this guy's on his computer, and he's looking at his stuff. He's kind of like this, right? Like it's... And he gives us a paper from the results of the, the hysterectomy. And he's looking at the knife cone biopsy. And he's like, man, this, we should have done a more extensive hysterectomy. There's, there's, this was, the tumor was way bigger. And we should have taken more out. And, and Sarah and I are looking at each other like, what the frick are you talking about? Like, there's no, there was no cancer. And so he goes on. And so we tell him, we're like, but we thought the results from the hysterectomy were negative. And he goes, well, no. Like, they just didn't write in there how deep it was. So he kept like, but then he would go back to the one where she did have, because she did have cancer, and then she got healed. So she, he'd go back to the results. That, and he's talking about radiation. He's talking about all this stuff. And Sarah and I are looking at each other just like totally confused. He goes, I'm sorry that, like, you didn't understand this, but... We need more tests, and I want, I want my oncologist, the one that reads the reports, I want her to, to look at the results. And, on him. and I kind of felt like, yeah, this guy doesn't really know that Jesus healed my wife. <laughs> and, and so, like, nothing he was saying really made sense, and it didn't line up with what we had been told or what was in the report that I was holding in my hand. And so 
he's talking about doing all these tests, and, and, and I go, well, okay, well, that's great. So let's do the test. Like, get, get your person to look at the results. Like, I, I, the way, at that point, I was like, either it's going to be negative, and we could praise God and glorify him more, or they might find something and praise God that we know about it and we can get it taken care of, right? Like, it's, it's a win-win. One's kind of suckier than the other, right? <laughs> but so, so that kind of happened, and we got in the car, and, like, we had to, like, refocus and go, none of this really makes sense. And he never really showed us, like, that there's cancer. And even though he kept saying, you have cancer, you have cancer, you have cancer, he kept looking at this old thing. So we just, like, let's just do the test, and we'll move forward. So that was Thursday. Friday, the doctor down here calls Sarah, or his assistant. His assistant calls Sarah and goes, um, you should just say it, but something like, you can correct me, something like, I'm so sorry, uh, Dr. Reddy really wants to talk to you because we think there was a misunderstanding and there was some confusion in Albuquerque. And make a long story short, he, he, he confirmed that the hysterectomy was completely clean, that there was no cancer, that this doctor, the reason why the doctor didn't understand how it could be possible, so he was assuming that there was cancer. Because he was looking at the initial report, and there had to have been cancer in the hysterectomy. So once he was advised that there was not, then it changed everything. So praise God. Like, <laughs> she's still healed, and she might get some tests anyways. But um, the doctor was, like, freaking out because it was, it was just that. It's, it's, they don't understand it. When, when, when someone doesn't know Jesus, when someone doesn't spend time with Jesus and understand his ways, right, things that Jesus do are confusing, and they, they get chalked up to a mistake by someone reading the results. And so we just kind of have to deal with that stuff, right? Like, like, it, it sucks, and it, I think Sarah actually went to the bathroom and threw up, and because it's hard, right? So she's like, sorry, that's what happens when your husband's a pastor. You get blasted. Um, but that's, that's, what has, that's what happens, right? And so it's, it's what we have to remember, because we're constantly, there's constantly these ideas, and there's these things that are being thrown at us, that, that we have to, we either choose to accept or choose to reject. Okay, now, now when it comes to medical stuff, I'm not saying that don't go get medical procedures. I'm not saying that at all. Like, go get medical procedures. Your doctor prescribes something to you, take it. This is my opinion. If you choose not to, fine. But, but I think God has gifted us with wisdom and knowledge, and that includes our doctors, right? But pray. Like, we, we go to him first, right? And, 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 that's the, and that's the difference. And so I just want to get that clear. Like, it's God's going to get glorified in every situation. And, and there's crazy miracles like Sarah, and, there's, and, and we get to rejoice. And there's times that we, we pray for people, we pray for people, we pray for people, and we don't really feel like we see breakthrough, and we don't understand it, and I don't understand it, but we should glorify God anyways. Because I've seen God glorified in some of those situations, even more so than an instantaneous miracle. 
I don't even know if I'm on topic. So we're talking about being with Jesus. <laughs> we're talking about being with Jesus, right? So last two weeks ago when I preached, we talked about the dangerous worldviews um, that we face today in the church from individualism to consumerism to the New Age movement. Um, we talked about how the dangers that the church faces about being colonized now because now we live in this post-Christian. If you, if you weren't here two weeks ago, you should go listen to the podcast because it was fire. Just kidding. It was fire. No. So I'm not going to get too much into it. But um, what I want to get into is I want to kind of get back to the basics because we're like, of course, we want to be with Jesus, right? But in today's culture, it gets a little tricky. Like there, there's some things that we need to do and... and, and the end, too, is doing what Jesus did, right? Doing what Jesus commanded us to do. Like, that's our end, too. But, like I talked about two weeks ago when it was fire, um, there's, there's some steps that happen first, right? You know, and it doesn't have to be this way, and I'm not trying to get all religious, like you have to go step one, step two, step three. But in my experience... This is kind of the, the progression that takes place. And the first one is, you know, we, we, we spend time with Jesus. Right? We're called to look like Jesus. And when we look like Jesus, we do what Jesus did. But we can't look like Jesus if we've never spent any time with him. Does that make sense? And so sometimes it gets, it gets funny because, like, someone sits here and goes, do you accept Jesus into your heart? Your Lord and Savior. And we're like, she goes, yes. We go, all right, yay. Now go do what Jesus did, right? We go do it, go, right? Go make disciples of nations now, like, right? But then we're asking them to do it in their own effort, right? We're doing it out of our own willpower. And she might have all the intentions in the world, but by 10.30, her willpower has run out. <laughs> my friend, my poor friend, he, uh, we had lunch last week, and he ordered, like, a shrimp cocktail. And this guy, like, eats, like, Big Macs and stuff. And so I joke with him, like, new year, new you, huh? <laughs> and uh, he laughs because he knew, like, he made this New Year's resolution. And, and, and that's great. Like, we should have New Year's. Like, it's fun to have resets and say, this is what I'm going to do this year. But it was, it's funny because, you know, it's, he, I was with him last night, and his wife ratted him out and said, like, how horribly he ate yesterday. And I just pat him on the shoulder. I'm like, that's all right. There's always next year. <laughs> we, we have this fun relationship. But the, the thing is, like, he was doing it so many times. We, we try to do things that we know we're supposed to do out of our own willpower. And 14 days or 18, he made it 18 days. That's pretty good. 18 days in, like, our willpower eventually gives out, right? Because we weren't made to, to go in our own power, right? We, we are energized by him. I made, a sh like, a little sample shirt from Michael. It said, powered by the Holy Spirit. We should get it printed. But, but we are. We're powered by the Holy Spirit, right? 
We, ex- we accept Jesus in our heart, and that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. And, and it, it goes on this journey, right? We tell people, God wants to have this intimate relationship with you. Boom, voila, in- intimate. Like, but it doesn't work. It, relationships don't work like that. Like it's about, it's about spending time with each other. It's about knowing each other. It's about hearing his voice. You might say, how do you know it's his voice? You spend time with him. Just spend time with him. Don't worry about anything else. You know, and, and I shared this, but it's important to understand that, that we don't all of a sudden, voila, become Christian. I mean, we might. Like, I'm not, I've seen some crazy stuff. But generally, like, I've had heroin addicts say, Daniel, I can't be a Christian. I would like to be a Christian, but I can't because I can't stop doing heroin. And I don't want to do, like, good deeds. I'm like, that's all right. I just want you to know Jesus. Like, keep doing heroin. But, but, look, <laughs> I did tell him, like, I'm not condoning heroin use. But look, I, I know the power of God. And it's about changing someone's heart, right? I didn't stop sinning instantly when I found Jesus. But the more I focused on him, the more I changed. My, my, my earthly desires, the desires that I once had, became heavenly desires. And the next thing you know, like I'm doing good deeds for people I never used to care about. I mean, it's true, it, but, but it was, I could have never done it by myself. Does that make sense? Like there was, there was things that I was trying to stop doing all my life. And as soon as I had the Holy Spirit in me, those desires went away. Okay. We're going we're gonna to backtrack because I told you we're going to do this in today's culture and in today's society because I think it's important, right? It's, we focus so much on the, the culture and society that happened in biblical times in order to, to bridge this contextual gap into where we are today, right? But if we don't know where we are today, we get jacked. Like, we, we do. Like, we don't understand it. So we live in this post modern era where we invent truth, meaning truth is whatever we want it to be. Like, I feel like I'm a girl, and so therefore, I'm a girl, and the truth is, I'm a girl. Like, we see that a lot, but it's not just that. Like, it happens for everything. Like, we, we, we make our own truth. If, if you're a Republican or a conservative, where do you get your news? And if you're a Democrat or a liberal, where do you get your news? We choose where we get our news. My mom, like, I pray for her every day. And I <laughs> but she, I had to stop following her on Facebook because she would... She would post these articles, bah, bah, bah. And, like, they're all skewed. Like, it's like you take a little bit of truth and you mix it around and you, you, you invent this new truth, right? You, you're, you're making truth whatever you want. And we sit here 
And we go, that's messed up. And we see it from the church, and we're like, you know, you can't do that. You can't invent truth. And I, at one point, like, I was like, we live in a society that's rejecting truth, and the, the only truth that all of a sudden the church is aligned with, with you know, ration and, and all. But I think that the church does the same thing. Like, look, if you're in a fight with someone and you want advice, are you, do you really go the person that's going to give you the best advice? Or, are you gonna, or do you go the person that's going to agree with you? Right. When we, we, we walk in this crazy charismatic movement, and I'm not saying like we, the people that we follow are amazing, great people, but we, we have our truth, and other denominations have their truth. Right? And, and you wonder, well, which one is true? And we say, well, us, of course. <laughs> Right? But, and I'm not saying that we're wrong. I'm just saying that we pick and choose where we hear our, get our information. It's not very much different than people picking and choosing. It's not very much different than my mom. <laughs> right? We go to those people that we know that completely agree with us in theology. And, and we don't really grow. Right? And I'm not saying that we're wrong. I'm just saying we need to be aware of this. And sometimes it's okay to listen to people that we disagree with. We should. We should have people in our lives that actually are going to disagree with us. Like, we shouldn't run to the people that are just going to agree with us and be like, yeah, your wife is totally blah, blah, blah. Just joking. No, I have no one like that. They would, they would all be like, Daniel, you, your wife is an angel. And you should fix yourself. <laughs> but we, we should go to those people that are going to hold us accountable. Right? We should go to those people that are going to actually speak truth and not worry about offending us. And we need to work on not being offended <laughs> because that's the other thing that we do. These, see, these, these are worldviews that are plaguing the church. Right? When someone disagrees with us, we don't have sit down and have a conversation with them anymore. We just bash them or we ignore them. You see it on Facebook. <laughs> Man, like over politics, like families are breaking up, have broken up. I mean, people that grew up together that love each other very much because they, one person likes a president and the other one doesn't, all of a sudden they can't be family anymore. Because there's offense. Like, no one's even willing to talk about it. Because they're right. Because the news says I'm right. Because the news I choose says I'm right. And I'm not talking about politics. Like, I'm not even getting political. I'm just saying, this is what we do with everything. Politics is just a good example of, of what is happening. So, so Jesus is truth, right? He is the only truth. And, and that's why it's important to spend time with him. Like, that's, that is why 
when it comes down to it, there's only one person that's going to speak truth. And when we hear crappy news from some doctor that has no idea about Jesus or the, his power, we shouldn't get upset. We should take some time. We should go spend with, time with Jesus and ask Jesus what the truth is. See, if we're, not, if we're not living life, if we're not walking this Christian walk out of relationship with Jesus, we're frauds. We're, we're, do, we're frauds doing our Christian ways out of our own willpower, and we're going to fail, and, and it's going to be ugly, and people are going to judge us, and Christianity is going to get a mark on its face. We've seen it. But if we know Jesus, he changes everything. He is the only one that's going to change you. We live in this homemade Christian lifestyle. And, and I love this group because I could sit here and say it, and I'm hoping no one gets offended, maybe some of you. If you want to walk out, please don't. <laughs> You'll make me cry. I'll be totally offended. But I love because we get to talk about some of this stuff. Because my goal and my heart is not to bash all of us because, like, I'm not pointing. I'm, like, pointing this way. Like, this is... This, I'm not pointing at you and me sitting up here like I'm the pastor and I'm above all this and blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm plagued by these same worldviews. And it takes us, a community, a church, to build each other up and to speak truth. Right? I could probably come up here. Michael and I can get up here and speak a good message every once in a while. And sometimes I'm like, Jesus, why? Like, just give me, like, a nice Holy Spirit-filled message and everyone can. But he wants to grow us. Like, he's building us up, and that means sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves. So Jesus, I just want to talk about one more thing before I talk about Jesus. <laughs> before I get into scripture. Um, we are called to do something. We're, called, we're actually called to live a certain way. And... We're called to do what he did. Like, he's actually, like, commissioned us. And it's these worldviews, and this is why I think we need to be honest, because it's these worldviews that are key, actually killing the church. You know, it's so many times we look at things that are supposed to be our blessing, and we don't do it. We're called to go out. We're called to multiply. We're called to do these things. And you look at most of the church... And we're not doing a very good job about it. We point, we point fingers and say, well, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not this. I'm not that. I have other giftings. And that's fine. But you're still called. You're still called. And so, so it's this spending time with him, right? Spending time with him is going to give us the strength to do what he did, to do what he's called us to do. So Jesus often says, come and see or follow me, right? 
today we could be like, it's like Jesus saying, like, come hang out with me. Who wants to hang out with Jesus? That's it? Like, some of you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> just, just saying. Uh, he, <laughs> he wants to hang out with you too, right? Like, he called his disciples and he called them and he said, come hang out with me. Come follow me, right? Come and see. Matthew 4.19, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Right? He didn't say, quit fishing for fish, go fish for man. Go fish for people. Like he said, come and be with me. Come and see. See, this is, a, this is the first step. Jesus demonstrated to us how it went down, right? His disciples walked with him. They got to know him. They understood his voice. He convicted them when they were acting stupid. He did, <laughs> right? But he loved them. And he showed them how to love people. And he showed them what they were called to do. He actually walked in front of them and demonstrated what he was going to later call them out to be. Right? The Great Commission didn't come in chapter 1 of Matthew. Right? They, they spent time with him. Spending time with him is, is, is the, the first step of being a disciple. So do you accept Jesus in your heart? Okay, you should spend some time with him. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He wants you to know his voice. He wants you to know his voice above your own. He wants you to recognize him above anyone else. He didn't, he didn't expect his disciples, understand, like, his disciples already knew scripture. You know, we play him off as being dumb fishermen, but even dumb fishermen knew scripture. And, and so it wasn't like, do you accept Jesus in your heart? Great. Let's read the Bible and go to church every Sunday. And then whenever you die, you're going to end up in heaven playing your harp on a cloud. That's not the way it went down, right? He said, follow me, and he demonstrated, and he was pronouncing, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Your sins are forgiven, right? And he showed people, and he would, he would make people, and he would call people to follow him, right? It wasn't just 12 people following him. Everyone knows that, right? Like, he had a following, right? Jesus desired to spend time with his disciples, and he desires to spend time with us. And he didn't expect them to do anything out of their own willpower. He didn't expect them to magically become like him overnight. He knew that he was going to take a walk. He knew that it was going to be about walking with him and spending time with him and getting to know him. Right? 
you might be thinking, well, the disciples had Jesus, and he was there. <laughs> and he walked, and they got to like physically walk with him. And and I know we talk about the Holy Spirit, but I just want to read this and then get into it a little bit. John 14, 15 through 21. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. I, I'm just going to get down to this. So advocate, right, the Holy Spirit, in the, in the different Bible verses, do you guys like, I, I look at different verses and I check it out. So it could be called helper, savior, comforter, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, friend. And you, you, you get to, you kind of understand that and you understand who Jesus is and you understand what, who, what scripture calls him later on. And we kind of realize like he's all of that, right? He's all, but what I, what I really realize is what it could be translated to is another like me or another of me. The Holy Spirit is another of Jesus that comes inside of us, right, when we get filled. So we have another of him guiding us. Jesus comes in the Holy Spirit. God, Spirit, is within us, right? If you believe. It doesn't go, do you believe, boom, Spirit takes over, and everything's done. Like, it takes listening, right? Like, it says, like, the Holy Spirit will guide you and teach you everything, but that means that we have to spend time. <laughs> no one could teach you anything if you don't spend time with them. Right? Like, you can literally walk alongside with someone, holding someone's hand, but if you don't ever listen to them, you learn nothing. It takes spending time with him. John 15, 1 through 5. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Say, no branch can bear fruit by itself. You're still awake. That's good. It must remain in the vine. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, here's one of those words, those, the remain, right? That we just kind of like fly by, you know, the pray continuously, always, at all times. All those words like remain, like that's how long? That's all the time. That's like not ceasing. That's like always be with him, right? That's not always just acknowledging him. That's always being with him. That's walking with him. That's him being inside of you. Because with him, you could do all things, right? You'll bear much fruit. But if you don't remain in him, then what? 
It says it. Like, maybe not, but that's what it says. Did I spit on you? Sorry. <laughs> Got to watch my. <laughs> right? How much is nothing? Right. That's it. <laughs> that's all. Jesus is saying, get yourself in the pre presence of God and stay there. Always. Right? We had this 24-hour burn, and we got ourselves in the presence of God, and we planned it out, and we got here, and it was incredible. I actually think that we will look back at that burn and go, that was a pivot point for dwell. What God did that day, I mean, it was powerful, but what it was was we intentionally, collectively, got in his presence, and we stayed there for 24 hours. And we cried, and we laughed, and we laughed, and we laughed some more. <laughs> Don't get offended by people laughing at church. I know a lot of churches would get offended by people laughing at church, but I want you to know, like, Jesus actually prays for his joy for you. So it's okay to have joy, and it's okay to show it in laughter. Thank you. Right? So that 24-hour prayer, like, but we're actually called to do that at all times. And maybe not in the church. Like, it, it's different, but, but Apostle Paul says pray continually. Again, that's all the time. He's saying the same thing, right? Get in the Father's presence and remain there, right? Sometimes, sometimes it looks like getting on your knees, and sometimes it looks like walking down the street and just making sure he's there with you and just talking to him and waiting. Sometimes it takes just, just stopping and waiting. I love the story that Bill Johnson shares where he, he stopped before he went to a store and he waited for the presence of God. Then he went in the store and he was shopping and someone walked behind him and they just fell out in the spirit. And he <laughs> jokes, he goes, I leaked. <laughs> I want to leak all over the place, right? But, but sometimes, like, it's just recognizing that he's there and, and, and staying connected with him, right? We, we got this new dog this week, and that's a whole other story. I'm not going to share the whole story. But I took her to the mall yesterday, to the Apple store. And this dog is, she's almost eight, and she's very well trained. But as I'm walking with her, she would constantly turn and, like, she stayed, like, like a perfect dog. Like, this dog is well, well, well trained. But I noticed that she would always check back and she would look in my eyes. She's always making sure where I was at all times, making sure that she was doing what was right, making sure that she didn't need to do whatever else, right? She was constantly checking in with me. And that's kind of what we need to do with God. Right? No matter what we're doing, we need to just kind of stop and take a moment and check back in. Right? So this is not a scheduled 24-hour burn. It's not just on Sundays. It's not just prayer in the morning and prayer at night. Like, those are good. Right? Like, I'm not discounting those. And, and we should have some dedicated time. Like, we should, and we'll get into that in a minute. 
But this is all the time. This is driving the car, grocery shopping, like Bill Johnson. I don't think he really grocery shops, though. But <laughs> maybe. School, work, right? When we're sleeping. There, were, there was actually like a week where I hadn't heard that song, My Soul Sings, in forever. Like, I didn't even really, I even like woke up and I searched it. But one morning I, I woke up and all of a sudden I, was, I had this song stuck in my head. My Soul And I was like, Whoa. And every morning, like, I would wake up, and I was like, this is awesome. My soul is actually singing while I'm asleep. <laughs> and it's stuck in my head. So it's even when we're sleeping, right? So, so we, we spend time with God to be like him, right? We spend time with God to know his voice, to understand who he is. But we also spend time with God because we have a world out there, including, like, this doctor, that's telling us that we're crazy, right? And they're telling us crazy because the enemy, the enemy, the enemy tells us lies. And, and so we need to know and walk with God and be connected with him to protect ourselves from the works of the enemy, right? John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. When we don't spend time with Jesus, we don't recognize his voice. Right? When we don't spend time with Jesus, the enemy can come in and plant little lies. Right? It doesn't take... The devil, like, he doesn't come in and just come up with a whole new truth. Right? He doesn't come in... And he just tweaks a couple things. And, and that's all it takes is one little tweak, and it changes the, everything. Look at the church. Like, all it takes is him putting something in someone's ears saying, like, you're not all called to go out and make disciples of nations, but come together and worship Jesus, and that's all it takes. And then you have a bunch of Christians stuck in a building doing nothing for the kingdom of God. Right? It's a little tweak, and everyone still loves Jesus. But no one's doing what he, they're really called to do. Oh, this is good. Okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> this is so good, you guys. I don't know if I'm going to share it. No. <laughs> so I was actually, I came across this um, podcast, and they were talking about, and I don't know how it came up, but they, they were talking about the feminist movement in the 60s. They're like, what the heck does this have to do with anything? But in cigarettes, have you guys noticed, and some of you might have been alive during this time, but wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> most, no. <laughs> but have you noticed that, that the women in the posters of these feminist movements, they all had cigarettes. They all had cigarettes. And so someone did a study on it, and what they found out was that the cigarette companies did a poll and realized that, that um, the majority of the smokers were men and not many women smoked. And so they, they took a movement, a good movement, right, that, that was powerful and strong and changed our society for the good and everything else, but they attached this little lie to it, right? That to be a strong woman, 
you need to smoke cigarettes. And they did things like they put out ads, right, showing women smoking cigarettes. They even at one, at a march, they had these models walking in the front of the march, and in their garter belt was a pack of cigarettes. So at the end, they raised their dresses, and there was a pack of cigarettes. This little lie actually caused hundreds of thousands of women to start smoking. Something like the cigarette companies took a good movement, something powerful, and they just added one little idea, one little idea, and they got exactly what they wanted. They didn't stop the movement. They didn't change the movement. They just added one little idea. And when I heard this, I'm like, that's what the devil does. Right? He could take a big movement. He could take a revival. And he could plant one little idea. And all of a sudden, what is true, what is truth, is no longer pure and true. Right? That one little idea changes everything. I had a, where did it go? I'm all over the place. So Dallas Willard, um, he wrote this. And I don't know if you know who, I didn't know who he was, but I started reading some of his stuff. And he's like, he just, I think he's dead now. But he's like, does anyone else know him? Has anyone read any of his stuff? But he's just like, he was just this guy, and he just knew he was always speaking about spiritual disciplines. He was always talking about the works, how the enemy worked. And, and he just, his, some of his wisdom was, I, I'm reading some of his stuff, and I'm just, like, blown away. And I wish we took more, some of his stuff more seriously earlier on. But he wrote, make a long, ideas and images the primary focus of Satan's efforts to defeat God's purpose with and for humankind. Thus, when he undertook to draw Eve away from God, he did not hit her with a stick, but with an idea. It was with that idea that God could not be trusted and that she must act on her own to secure her own well-being. We see that all the time. Like, we see that, that trust in God disappeared by one little idea, right? You see it in the tithing box, <laughs> right? And I know it because I, I feel it sometimes, right? You're like, you go to write that check, and you're like, man, I might need this money, right? What if, what if something happens? What if there's an emergency? And, and so we have this constant battle, but we ha it's about trusting in God, in everything, and believing in all of his promises, believing that he's the God of miracles, believing that we don't have to worry about what we're going to eat or where we're going to sleep, right? But it's those little things that we hear in our ears. And, and it's that, those are the reasons why we need to know his voice, right? Because that enemy, he also doesn't speak loudly. He doesn't come screaming. It's just those subtle little whispers. Everyone here knows what I'm talking about, but that's why we need to spend time with God. So we can recognize God's voice. 
and say, you are not God. And we go and take refuge with God, and we spend time with him. And we go, God, this is what I feel like. This is what I feel like I'm hearing. Tell me the truth in this situation. Because he will. He always will. We have to be with him to recognize good from evil. There's, there's no other way. So many times, like, you realize, like, just me being on the streets and, and sharing my faith with people, I see a lot of people come to faith, and then I see them right back where they were. And, and you just realize, like, they didn't know God well enough. And, and, and it, it's a process, and sometimes we mess up. Like, sometimes we're going good, and we're, like, connected with God, and sometimes we get busy, or something happens, we get distracted, and we find ourselves in a situation, and, and that's okay. He'll still take us back. But it's saying, man, I wasn't connected with God there. I wasn't hearing his voice. I was, sometimes we just straight up ignore him because we're like, I don't want to do that, God. I do that all the time. <laughs> I do. But, but it's, it's about being connected with him. It's about staying true and walking with him because we know what we're called to do. And if we don't remain in him, then we're as good as nothing. <laughs> so some things I just want to throw out here, right? It, this, this is like the application portion of the sermon. But... But it's, I think that some things, like, we actually have, like, rejected. And, and even, like, the word spiritual disciplines, like, everyone's like, ooh, Daniel's getting religious. <laughs> I'm not getting religious. But, but we all have spiritual disciplines in our, in our lives. Like, we do. And, and it's, it's about having, having time with him and making, making intentions on being with him. Jesus demonstrated spiritual disciplines. He showed us, like, he spent quiet time with the Father multiple times a day. He rested in the Lord. He slept a lot. Like, how many times did his disciples wake him up? <laughs> right? But it, it, it's, about, it's about finding healthy spiritual... Like, right now, like, we have news... That's a spiritual discipline. You sit there in front of Fox News or CNN for too long, and it's going to skew your reality. I don't care if they're, like, the truth. Like, I don't care if you're listening to the most truthful news broadcasts. I'm not bashing on Fox News or CNN. I'm just saying, like, you TV and movies and, and radio. Like, we sit here and we – social media, we sit here and we we, – we, we, Input this stuff into our spirit. Look at your phones. Who has an iPhone here? So, so if you have an iPhone, and I'm sure the other phones have this, except for flip phones. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> um, but you can actually look at your screen time. And so sometimes people are like, I don't have time to sit down and spend an hour with God and pull up your screen time. And if it says like three and a half hours, which it probably does, 
you have some time. <laughs> right? And I'm not saying phones are bad or TV's bad or anything else, but when it's replacing time with Jesus, when it's replacing time with the Father, we have a problem, and we're feeding our souls the wrong stuff. Okay. So, spiritual discipline number one. <laughs> Write this down because you have to do it or you're going to burn in hell. No. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> These are just suggestions, okay? <laughs> Make a habit of doing multiple times a day just checking in with him. Like, even if it's just like a minute, just be like, God, where are you in this situation? Where are you? Or just sit there quietly. Did you know you could connect with God and just be quiet? Someone asked Mother Teresa once, and don't quote me on this, but it's kind of like I'm going to get kind of close. But it was like someone asked her, like, how do you pray? And she goes, I just listen. They go, oh, well, what does God say to you? She goes, nothing. And she said, if you don't understand that, then I can't explain it to you. There's something about just sitting in silence with God. Right? To, to develop a relationship so close that you could just sit there in silence and know he's there and feel his presence and just be okay with that. I was driving around this week, Friday morning. I was driving around, and I just felt his presence follow me, and I was just driving, and he wasn't saying anything, and I wasn't saying anything back, and I knew I had a bunch of phone calls to make, and I think it was like 10.30 before I finally lifted my phone, just because I was just enjoying this quiet time, this quiet presence with him. Right? When we first meet someone... Like, on your first date, you're either super shy and it's super awkward, right? And you don't say a word. Like, there's that. Or you don't stop talking. And usually, like, there's one that's super shy and the other one that doesn't stop talking. But either way, it's, it's out of, like, this nervousness, right? And, and sometimes, like, you get that quiet time, like, when you're getting to know someone, there's that like quiet moment and you feel like you have to say something and it's like kind of like, are they going to say something or am I going to say something? But as you grow close with people, right? I could sit there with Sarah all day and not say a word. And it's not uncomfortable. It's not weird. It's we, we love being with each other. We love, you know, just that, that time with each other. And we might not say a word. But because we've grown into a relationship, right? So sometimes it's just being quiet. The Bible said God already knows what you need. I'm not saying don't pray for what you need. I'm just saying don't always pray for what you need. <laughs> right? Sometimes God has something to say to you. And sometimes we just need to shut up and listen. <laughs> And they won't care that I'm sharing this, but Eddie, Eddie, who normally comes, they're, they're in El Paso today. His first time getting prayer. And Eddie's like on fire for God. He came here and experienced God in a real way. And he just, he loves God and he loves talking about him. And he's had a crazy life. And all of a sudden, like, 
God is just transforming him. But we brought him up, who I think some of, most of you, or some of you were here, and we started praying for him, and he wouldn't shut up. Like, he wouldn't be quiet. He just, he, we're praying for him, he's just talking, and I'm like, Eddie, just, just take it easy. Just take it easy and just listen. And he goes, okay. And another, another minute, and he just starts, blah, 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 blah. Right? And then I said, shut up in the name of Jesus. <laughs> But sometimes it's just about it's just about being comfortable, right? My computer turned off. Okay. Just know he's always with you, and and, and talk to him, and tell him what you're thankful for, and to tell him how much you love him. But that can be done all day, and it, but but take some time, like even like as dumb as it sounds, like set an alarm on your phone, just just to get yourself in a habit of, of recognizing him. It'll change your day. Like, it will truly change your day. Because sometimes the days that we need him the most are those days that are just crazy and busy and on and on and on. And we're like, you, yeah. by the end of the day, you're like, oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? You, I, wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to you. But I promise, like, during those days, if you just take a couple minutes... Or take an hour. The busiest days that I've had, when I take time, somehow all the stuff I need to get done gets done. I've never ended up in the day and said, man, I wish I didn't spend so much time with God. I could have got everything done. <laughs> right? The Sabbath. Everyone's like, oh. Ah, oh, Old Testament Sabbath. The Sabbath was a blessing for us. I want you to know that. Did anyone watch the, the Bible projects? I put it on Facebook's group. I'm glad everyone pays attention. Dude, who knows that we have a Bible a Facebook group? So we just have like a, a community group. So just get on and look for Dwell, New Life City community group. That's where most of the fire is, so you're missing out if you're not checking it out. But but the Sabbath is the Sabbath is is a blessing for us. Like God's desire is for us to rest, right? We didn't get put to work until after Adam and Eve listened to that little idea. And we get the blessings still. And so many times we get so busy that, that we have no time to reflect. And life is crazy. And I'm not saying you have to be super religious. I'm not saying, like, the Jews ruined the Sabbath because they came up with uh, this new code, this new called this new law called the Mishnah, which was not from God, that's what Jesus was rebuking. That's when they're like, you can only take so many steps, and you can only do this, and right? But the Sabbath was given to us, and that was Jesus' point. And I'm not saying, like, be super religious about it, but, but make an effort to say, God, thank you for rest. Thank you that I have time to reflect. Thank you that I have this time that I can spend with you. I'm not good at it. Like, I'm not good at any of this. Like, I'm constantly working. <laughs> I've actually tried to be intentional about not being so busy. Someone asked me the other day, and, and right now I actually feel like I'm not, like, crazy busy. Like, I school finished. We got done moving. Sarah's healthy. Like, all that stuff that was, like, ah, like, has slowed down. And so someone asked me, and they're like, Danny, you must be super busy right now. And my first reaction was, yeah, man. And then I was like, 
no, not really. <laughs> and they actually thought I was joking, but I'm like, I mean, I'm still keep busy, but I'm not like, I have time to be with God, right? I have time to reflect. I have time to sleep in every once in a while. <sighs> Prayer. Do it continuously. <laughs> Sometimes I pray. Right? We, I think we beat this down, but it's important. God's always with you and know it. You're never alone. And he likes hanging out with you. Get in his presence and just stay there. And when you feel like it's left, you need to get back in his presence. You need to find him. When you say, Daniel, I don't feel like I'm in his presence today. Well, go spend time with him. Go listen. Go be quiet. It doesn't have to be weird. Just spend time. Tell your spouse, Sarah, tell me. Leave me alone. I'm going to go spend time with Jesus. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> you're, you're, you're already spending time with him. Just, just enjoy. <laughs> uh, read your Bibles. I was shocked. Like, how many Christians don't read their Bibles? Look. Most of the history of Christianity, Christians were not blessed to have a Bible. It's not just about reading the Bible, but we have his Bible, and it's his word. And it's a time, and, and don't just study it. Like, sometimes we get in this habit of, like, trying to figure it all out. Sometimes we just need to read and just be with him and, and pause and don't rush it. And, you know, sometimes we're like, we got to get through the whole Bible I read the whole Bible in three months, and I got, like, zero out of it. <laughs> I didn't understand a thing. But if we sit there and we meditate on it, right, if we just sit there quietly and we meditate on it, then, then he'll speak to us and he'll use it. You're like, oh, you use that word meditation. It's okay to meditate on Jesus. <laughs> it's okay to meditate on his word. Fasting. Fasting, fasting is just one of those the other things. Jesus did it. He instructed his, his disciples to do it. Fasting is, is a beautiful thing, and it doesn't have to be this crazy, painful thing. It's, it's saying, God, I, I want to partner with you, but you better remain in him. If you remain in him, you can do it. <laughs> Because it's by his strength. So, so spend time with him. It's not just about not eating. <laughs> it's not just about like checking something off. Spiritual discipline, <laughs> boom, done. <laughs> it's about spending time with him. Right? Because it's, it's during that time. It's that time that you get closer, and he's the one that's going to give you the strength to be able to do it. And this isn't quite a spiritual discipline, but it's something that I think we need to, to remember, is we need people to be able to speak into our lives. We need people, we need to give people permission 
to speak into our lives. Not just the ones that are going to agree with us, but the ones that are going to hold us accountable. Like we hear the word authority and we're like, oh, no. That's your individualism worldview popping up. I'm not saying it has to be a certain person, but it needs to be somebody or multiple people. I have multiple people in my life to hold me accountable. Because as well as we know God, as well as we know Jesus' voice, the enemy can still come in and he can plant an idea. And we need people that we allow to speak into our lives, to speak truth. Because that's what we're after. We're not after this homemade Christianity. We're not after this, this DIY Christianity. This Pinterest Michael, he asked me, I don't know, he was asking me about building homes. He goes, oh, do you just direct people to Pinterest? I'm like, no. <laughs> it was, but he said, do you use Pinterest? Like, he was, he was wondering, and I said, no, like, Pinterest is my nemesis because people find, like, the most weird things that they like, and all of a sudden they're like, this is what I want in my house, and I'm like, you should find that person to come make that your house for you. <laughs> I want people to have everything they desire for their homes. Pinterest has some weird stuff. I, it's not about, it's, a, it's about staying true and, and spending time with him. Like time, like even start out with 10 minutes. Say tomorrow morning I'm going to spend 10 minutes, I'm going to wake up, you can make your coffee. I know some of you can't pray without coffee. Go make your coffee and find a quiet. You guys are laughing because it's true. Find a quiet place and just spend 10 minutes. Put your phone, just leave it somewhere else. Right? And, and increase that. Find that dedicated time. Because he wants to hang out with you. We sit here, we're like, more God, and then we're like so busy in our life that we spend no time with him. Go to bed praying to him. Fall asleep praying to him. Wake up and be the, don't reach for your phone right away. Don't see if so-and-so responded to your Facebook post. Lay there with him for a minute. We are called to do so much more than come together in, in a church building and hang out and sing worship to him. Like, that's actually where the enemy wants us. He's like, oh, I lost, lost Garrett today, but we'll just keep him in that building. He'll just stay there and won't mess with any of my people out here. Right? We need to spend time with him. We need to know him. We need to spend so much time with him that we begin to look like him. One more fun fact. Did you know that your spouse, the longer you live with them, the more you start to look like them? Like it's actually a scientific fact. Everyone's like checking out different, different couples. <laughs> 
right? We because we not only do we like eat the same food and and stuff like that, but but your your muscles start mimicking that of the people that you're with. You physically start to look like people you're with. Your tastes naturally start becoming the same tastes. That's what we're called to do with Jesus. <laughs> She's like, I hope I don't look like you. <laughs> but that's what we're called to be like, be with Jesus. So we spend time with him and we begin to look like him, right? Our earthly desires go away. Our heavenly desires take over. We start to look like Jesus. And then naturally, naturally, we start desiring to do good deeds. We start to desire what Jesus has commanded us to do. Not because we feel like we have to, but because we've spent so much time with him that we look like him that we start doing what he did. It doesn't have to feel like work. It just It's a desire that builds up. After you spend time with Jesus, you just desire this type of stuff. But first step is first. <laughs> spend time with him. So let me pray. We went long. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we, you guys can ring a bell next time. Just be like, Daniel, you're going way too long. Uh, Jesus, I thank you that, that you desire to hang out with us. <laughs> I thank you that, that you demonstrated the way that you showed us how to be a disciple of yours, God. I pray that, that you remind us throughout the day. I pray that, that you remind us to check back in with you. God, I pray that, that your presence never lifts off of us. I pray that, that we remain in you always. I pray that, that, that you fill us so much, that you change us, that we look so much like you that we don't even remember our old self. God, I pray more. I pray more for this church. I pray more for this city. I pray more for this world. We just say use us. I pray this in your mighty name. <coughs> Amen. All right, if anyone needs prayer, we could pray. If you have to leave, you can run. Over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. 
come rest on us oh come now the spirit when you move you make my heart pound when you fill the room you're here and i know you are moving i'm here and i know you are feeling come now the spirit when you move you make my heart pound when you fill the room you're here and i know you are moving I'm here and I know you are feeling. Oh, you love to come and fill us up. Oh, you love to fill us up. As the Spirit moved, as the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come arrest on us. was moving over the water spirit come move over us come rest on us oh. come rest on us oh come now the spirit when you move you make my heart pound when you fill the room you're here and i know you are moving i'm here and i know you are feeling come now Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you are feeling. Oh, I know you are feeling. Oh, you're feeling the room. You're feeling our hearts. Oh, I know you're here. So fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, lay heaven on in. Would you come rest on us? Oh, come rest on us. Oh, fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, lay heaven on in. Would you come rest on us? Oh, come rest on us. Rest on us, 
You're all we want. Come on, let's sing it. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. again open up the gates lay heaven on in come rest on us come rest on us a fire and wind come and do it again open up the gates lay heaven on in come rest on us
Come rest on us. 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 Come